Hello everyone and welcome to Tarot Esoterica episode 4. My name is Laurel and I'm branded online as the Veracular. This podcast series is just me talking about basic occult symbolism and metaphysical philosophy with tarot cards in mind. Today's topic is introducing the classical four elements. I thought last week I'd cover both the suits and the court cards in a single episode, but I realized as I started scripting myself that I actually had about an hour's worth of content, so I'm breaking it into three episodes. Here we go. In the Western occult tradition, we trace the philosophy of the classic four elements back about 2,500 years to a pre-Socratic Greek philosopher named Empedocles. Empedocles believed that everything in creation was composed of four elements or roots, and they're called fire, water, air, and earth. Empedocles further proposed that there were two primal forces he named love and strife that would mix and separate the four elements so they formed all other human concepts and all physical things in existence. Lots of other cultures developed similar elemental paradigms thousands of years ago. Pretty much every major esoteric system currently in practice has a four-element or five-element system at its core. I'll be talking about five-element systems eventually. The four suits in the major arcana is the first and most obvious way that the classic four elements appear in the esoteric tarot. Conventionally, fire associates with wands slash rods, water associates with cups, air associates with swords, earth associates with pentacles slash discs. Different decks might use different suit names and symbols, but in any proper tarot deck, there are four suits, each dedicated to one of the four classic elements. One of the many things that boggled Laurel the Teen Witch in the early 1980s was the way occult writers would talk about a mystical trinity one second, and then these mystical four elements the next, sometimes using the exact same verbiage. I kept encountering very lofty-sounding declarations about God, or the triple goddesses, and the universe, and spiritual manifestation, without any context of what was supposed to be a literal truth, and what was metaphor. And I didn't have an occult mentor to simply ask. This is what life was like for baby occultists before Google, Wikipedia, and YouTube. You could get your hands on some books or obscurely published articles if you knew your way around the Dewey Decimal System and a microfiche machine, but unless you were under the wing of a mentor like a parent who was part of a coven or a magical lodge, unless you were the child of somebody who was initiated, getting answers to questions raised from reading occult texts was hard. If you don't know what the Dewey Decimal System and microfiche are, just be blessed. If you have never been forced to roam a library with a paper notebook and pen as your only tools for scholarship, be maybe add access to a photocopy machine at five cents a sheet. Your occult life has been a privileged one. Celebrate! 
trust me, the internet is bliss. So let me tell you some esoteric lore that I had to learn the hard way. And I hope hearing it this way makes sense or at least leaves you eager to ask me questions or ask someone else more questions. The concepts of extroversion, expansion, and force are part of yang. In direct contrast, the concepts of introversion, restrictions, and form express yin. But in Chinese philosophy, in manifested reality, there are two kinds of yang and two kinds of yin because each contains the other. So there is expanding or excessive yang. Let's call it yang-yang. There is retracting or deficient yang. Let's call it yang-yin. There is expanding or excessive yin. Let's call it yin-yang. There is retreating or deficient yin. Henceforth be called yin-yin. And if you think I really enjoy saying yang-yang and yin-yin, you are correct. Laurel's favorite personal truth of the day that she is sharing with you all, random frivolity keeps an occultist humble. And boy, do we need to keep ourselves humble. Here comes a big reveal. The four classic elements are basically the two kinds of yang and the two kinds of yin. And I'll match the associations in a couple of minutes. Let me pull us back to triadic modality first, though. Triadic modality, which is the black, white, gray stuff I was talking about last week, only sees yin and yang as primes. In the yin-yang transition model, yin is only yin. Yang is only yang. All the traits associated with both water and earth in the classic elements, when they're getting punted together in a triadic modality system, like the principles in alchemy. So for example, in alchemy, the principle triadic modality is salt. That's where you'll find both earth and water. They're punted together in astrology as the fixed modality, and they're punted together in the Kabbalah as the Hebrew letter Mem and the Sephira Bina in the Tree of Life glyph. As soon as you recognize in a piece of Western occult writing that it is discussing a threesome and not a foursome, know that any mention of earth or water can be mind mapped as both earth water or water earth. In anything that is an occult triadic modality, there is cardinal fire yang white, mutable air transition gray, and fixed earth water yin black. There are the basic triadic associations in esoteric tarot, but when we talk about the classic elements, yin and yang in their prime forms only appear as associations of that polar love-hate or sun-moon or empress-emperor. They appear in the suits in the four elements in mixed secondary forms, in that yang-yang, yin-yin, yang-yin, 
and yin yang version. And yes, I'm smiling again. And I'm going to segue us back into alchemy, starting with some talk about the four elements getting symbolized as a set of four triangles. If you want to know more about why the alchemical triangles for the four elements are associated the way they are, go to my website, miracular.com, and click on the link for my esoteric tarot lessons there. Specifically go to lesson four, the four elements and related system. I provide some really helpful pictures about the triangles. So fire is yang yang. And in alchemy, it is symbolized as an upright triangle and given the traits of hot and dry. There is a saying that fire burns but also cleanses that I take as another of my personal truths. In astrology and tarot, fire is associated with stuff like creativity, primal energy, spirituality, passion, explosions, revolutions. Wands slash rods as a suit addresses all of that and human willpower and empowerment. For myself, this is the suit that covers what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about the world around us, and the actions that we take that are driven by our beliefs. Air is yang yin, and in alchemy, it is symbolized as an upright triangle with a line through the tip and given the traits of hot and wet. In astrology and tarot, Air is associated with communication, hierarchies, information, and intellect. In my other projects, I talk a lot about psychterica, mental alchemy, and mind magic. Mystical, spiritual magic with a K comes from a place of fire. Psychoterical mind magic comes from a place of air. They are just different sets of blocks in an occultist toy box, just like there are different suits of cards in a tarot deck. For me, swords are the suit that express how information is transferred, and conflict is when information transfer glitches. So swords are all about conflict either between people or within a single person's mind about the conflicts we have with ourselves because our information is glitching. This would be a good place to talk about the law of mentalism, but for today, I'm just going to mention it and encourage you to write it down and do some personal research. Water is most conventionally yin. In alchemy, it is symbolized as a reversed triangle and given the traits of cold and wet. So it shares no trait with fire, but shares the trait wet with air. In astrology and tarot, water is associated with feelings and emotional wellness, intuition, and all things secret or mysterious. Cups for me as a suit often relate to moods, emotional resilience, secrets, relationships with family, friends, and lovers, and how you react towards people and your environment in general. I see cups and elemental water as being all about not just our feelings, 
but how we display our feelings to others. Earth is most conventionally yin-yang. In alchemy, it is symbolized as a reverse triangle with a line through the tip and given the traits cold and dry. So it shares no traits with air, but it shares the trait of cold with water and dry with fire. In astrology and tarot, earth is associated with things like nature, biology, and physical objects, money, and employment. For me, pentacles or discs are all about jobs, health, money issues, about the tangible things we need to feel secure. If wands are about self-transformation and self-empowerment to me, then pentacles are all about the metaphor of the American dream, about the mindset it takes to become a financial success through luck and hard work and determination. Now, if you were able to follow me, you might have realized that Yang Yang Fire and Yin Yin Water are the two triangles pointed north and south without a line through the tip. They are the more primal, more pure archetypes of Yang and Yin than Yang Yin Air and Yin Yang Earth, which are described as their children and fire and water are described as the parents. I will talk more about that metaphor next week when I bring up the Tetragrammaton. Astrology takes the four elements and combines them with the three modalities to create everything associated with the 12 zodiacal signs. So as an example, we get cardinal fire Aries ruled by Mars as the most fiery, most dynamic, most yang of the twelve because of the way all those yang traits line up together. Even if your sun sign isn't Aries, you have an Aries actor as part of the cast of the mental theater troupe that is performing in your own head. In fact, you have all 12 zodiacal archetypes running amok in your mind and all seven planetary archetypes up there performing with them too. That's the last of Laurel's personal truths that I shared with you today, that the four elements, the three modalities, the seven planets, the 12 zodiacal signs, the yin and the yang, they are symbols and metaphors for stuff in the physical world, in our relationships, and in our mental thoughts. As above, so below. As within, so without. As I mentioned at the start of this podcast, Next week, I'll be taking the four elements and talking about the Tetragrammaton and the four Kabbalistic worlds and the Jungian functions. This will expand from there into episode six in two weeks, where I will talk about the 16 court cards and the 16 Jungian personality traits, as well as briefly compare the Thoth and Rider Waite court card naming convention. If you really like tarot esoterica so far as a podcast series, 
please let me know and spread that praise on your social media platforms. As a tarot reader, I don't accept clients at this time, and everything I write is free to read and even borrow as long as you attribute me as the original author. Doing streamed tarot lessons and chatting about occultism has been put on hold until a new stream platform called Altair.tv launches. And you can find out about those amazing people at their website, Altair.tv. It's named after Altair the Star. You can also catch me on Twitter at TLoracular, but be warned, on Twitter I get opinionated, goofy, and unapologetically political. Until next time, stay safe and stay sane. May the world do good unto you. And may you do good unto the world. Mm-hmm.